welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another faith-building message by Pastor David Entry. Faith comes by hearing and by hearing the Word of God. May your knowledge of Jesus Christ increase as you listen. Be blessed. As I started explaining the last week that there's the scripture compared Jesus Christ to a few significant personalities um, in the Old Testament, the angels, and it comes to Moses. And then when it comes to Moses, he speaks of Moses as a faithful, he says, verse, verse 2 talks about Moses was also, Jesus is faithful, said, verse 2 said, Jesus, who was faithful to him, who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful in all his house. So, and it begins to talk about the faithfulness of Jesus Christ as it really, and then compares it to the faithfulness of Moses. So it says Jesus was faithful and Moses, just as Moses was faithful. That's very interesting. All right. He said, as Moses also was faithful. So Moses gave um, an example of what Jesus could be. It's a very important one. And an ordinary human being served God in such a way that when God came down, God's f- service was, refer- was referred or was related to, um, or, or was likened, better way, was likened to the service of Moses. That's very strong. So, M- Moses had the, I don't know if I can use the word, audacity. Because of his work with God, he had the confidence. And as he, he prophesied, but actually, see, he was prophesying, and yet he was becoming, he was the reference of the prophecy, or point of reference of the prophecy. I will explain it in a minute. So here, he begins to talk about, as Moses was faithful in all his house, for this one, verse 3, for this one has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses. Why? I explained it last week. Why? Inasmuch as he who builds the house has more honor, honor than the house. So Moses is a, uh, is a servant in the house. Let's go to verse 4. Look at the verse 4. It says, for every house is built by someone, but God is the one who builds all things. Now look at five. He says, this is where I want to relate it to the verse two, where he makes reference to Moses. As Moses. Here, he says, and Moses indeed, say indeed. indeed. There's no two ways about this. Moses indeed was faithful. Let's all say Moses was faithful. Moses was faithful. In all God's house as a servant. Moses was so good. Now, that word servant there is not just talking about a slave. It's talking about someone in a very high office, honorable and prestigious position. That's what he meant. Moses, Joshua chapter 1 verse 2, Moses, my servant, is dead. That servant there is not just talking about like, you know, a servant, a slave. But it's, it's talking about my, my representative. It's just like, um, an ambassador of a nation. Moses was, was a servant. That word servant means that someone in a very prestigious and a very honorable position. Now watch this. It says that Moses, Hebrews chapter 5, chapter 3, verse 5. Okay. 
Can you please put it on the screen for me? And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house, but at best as a servant. He, Moses was big. He was big. And I believe he attained the highest position any man can attain. And yet, Moses was a, for a testament of this good. Moses, his highest position he could get was a servant, not a son. In spite of his faithfulness, in spite of how great he was, he was just a servant and not a son. And so in John chapter 8, verse 35, Jesus says that, you know, a servant has limited opportunities. A slave, a servant and a servant, does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. There's a difference between a servant and a son. So Jesus did not come, even though he was in a sense a servant like Moses, he was better and higher than Moses. Who was he? What was he? A son. Remember, I started talking about Jesus being the son from verse 1. Hebrews chapter 1 from verse 1 and 2 started talking about Jesus being a son. So Jesus is better. Moses was faithful to the extent that, as I said earlier on, Moses in, in Deuteronomy chapter 18 verse 15, Moses had the audacity or could confidently say, let's not read it out from the, can you see it from the screen? Can you all see it? There's a little problem with this screen, so the little ones will do for now. Um, let's read it. This is Moses speaking, okay? Moses. Let's read it. Let's go. A, a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. One more time. The Lord your God will raise up a, you a prophet like me from your midst, from your brethren, him you shall hear. Now, it says that, see that word prophet? Did you see that? Capital. And it says the prophet that is going to be raised will be like me. Hey, Moses. Can you imagine? He said, no, so no wonder Hebrews says that Jesus, Hebrews chapter, chapter 3, verse 3, it talks about, for this Jesus was faithful. This one has been counted worthy of all. Verse 2, he was faithful in all his house. Faithful to him who appointed him as Moses. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, in fact, people thought he had all the qualifications of a prophet. But just that he was more than a prophet. So in John chapter 1, verse 21, John 1, 21, I'll put it on the screen. Please follow me very quickly because there are a few scriptures. And they asked him, what then are you? What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the, the prophet? You, the, the, the one Moses spoke. The prophet? He answered, no. Now, so, they, so who are you? Because they, look at chapter 4, verse 19. John 4, 19. John 4, 19. When Jesus met the woman at the well, and he said, go and bring your husband. And said, I don't have it. He said, ah, I know. You've done, at least you've spoken the truth. Jesus met the woman at the well. And the, Jesus told the woman, you have, go and bring your husband. She said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you have spoken the truth. <laughs> as bad as it is, you are spoken the truth. So this woman Jesus met was not a liar, even though she didn't know, didn't know God. She said, I have no husband. Jesus said, you spoke in the truth. She said, I have, Jesus said, you spoke in the truth. Because you have several husbands. 
and you, you've had five husbands, and the one you are now living with. Then the woman said in the verse 19 of John chapter 4, that are you a prophet? I perceive you are a prophet. Then he kept saying, look at chapter 6 verse 14. Chapter 6 verse 14. John 6 14. Oh, I'm talking about this in John. John 6 14. Is that then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, they uh, said, this is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. Jesus demonstrated certain qualities that you can. So even though uh, uh, he was very much like Moses, as Moses said, he was more than Moses. In John chapter um, 7 verse 40 and then verse 52, similar thing about his prophet, prophetic. Um, he said, therefore many from the crowd, when they had heard this, said, truly, this is the prophet. Verse 52. Verse 52 of John chapter 7, he said that, they answered and said to him, are you also from Galilee? Search and look for, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. But we know you are a prophet, so why are you here? No. Prophets don't come from Galilee because they are sure that this one is a prophet. Or talking about prophetic office, if you are from Galilee, then you are disqualified. That's what the people will say, because they could tell that there's a prophetic um, aura, prophetic grace around Jesus Christ. Amen. Say like Moses. Like Moses. Because some of you, this is the only time God will get you. Listen, most of you, is not for you. It's for someone watching. All right, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 5. Let's read from, this, the, the, from the top. And Moses, let's go. And Moses indeed was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which will be spoken afterwards. You see that? Which will be spoken afterwards. So Moses was a sign. He was faithful to give a platform for what will be spoken of afterwards. That's why they came and said, Jesus, are you the one? Jesus, are you the one? Moses is an amazing guy. I feel like tapping for Moses. Yeah. Hallelujah. And I believe that they are all, we, we, we are even in a better position than Moses because we have Christ living in us. And guess what? We are better than Moses because we are sons as well. We are sons. We are sons. Moses was just a servant. We are sons. So, verse 4 talks about how every, every house is built by somebody, but God, all right, but he who builds all things is God. So, what he's trying to say is that Moses has labored and has done well, tried and all, but it takes being God to actually build. In Psalm 127, verse 1 and 2, it talks about, uh, verse 1, it talks, Psalm 127, it says that unless the Lord builds the house, the labor in vain that build it. And so then it begins to show that Jesus is actually not just part of the house, a servant in the house. Jesus is actually the a builder, the builder of the house. Then last week, I remember I was talking about 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 12 and 13, where it says that God told David that a son from your loins will build a house. And I showed you from Zechariah chapter 6, verse 12 and 13, as well that his name is called the branch. He will build the, te the temple of God. He will build the, the temple for God. His name is called the branch. Okay, so talking about Jesus Christ, he's the builder. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, Jesus said, flesh and blood not revealed it to you. He said that, he said that um, you are rock, and you are upon this rock. He said, upon this rock, I, say I. I. So Jesus said, I am the builder. Right. I will build the church. 
upon this rock, I will build the church. All right, uh, I'll build, sorry, I'll build my church. So Jesus is a builder. And, but we have noticed that from the text we are reading that it takes divinity to be the builder. It takes deity. You are not just divinity, but you must have deity. Because we have divinity as sons of God, but we don't have deity. To have deity means you are God. But to have divinity means to have the life of God. We have been made partakers of the life of God. All right, so Jesus said, I am a builder. And the fact that he's a builder tells us that he has deity. But Moses didn't have deity. He just had humanity. And Jesus had humanity. That's why he was a servant like Moses. He was a faithful servant like Moses because of his humanity. But he was, he was the builder more than Moses because, and because he's, he has divinity or he has deity. And watch this. It says that he who builds the house has more honor than the house. There and there, you realize that don't compare Moses to Jesus. Jesus, even though Moses said, God will raise a prophet like me. He said, no, no, it's just like him so long as humanity is concerned. But when you talk about he, who he actually is, his divinity, his deity, his father. So he has more honor than Moses. So let's honor him more than Moses. That's what Jesus, the Bible is saying. So he who builds the house has more honor than the house itself. And then verse 5 talks about uh, Mo Moses was faithful just for a testimony of the things I, uh, to be spoken of afterwards. Now verse 6, I can end on verse 6 hopefully. But Christ as a son, did you see that? What was Moses? Verse 5, look at verse 5. Let's read verse 5 together, let's go. And Moses indeed was faithful in his on his house as a servant. As what? Verse 6. But Christ has a son over his own house. Did you see that? This is his, he's the builder. Who, who's, uh, whose house? We, so the house is not talking about a physical edifice or a physical structure. The house is talking about a group of people. He said, we are his house. First Timothy chapter 3 verse 15, he says that, that you know how to comport yourself. If I tarry, you know how to comport yourself in the house of God. Okay, in the church of the living God, in, in, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth. All right, so the, the, the church is the house of God. The church is the house of God. And I like Ephesians chapter 2, verse, particularly from verse, verse 19. So being, verse 20, being built now, therefore, no longer, so verse 20 says that being built, having been built, on we are being built, okay? Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus himself being the chief corner. So look at verse 21 and 22. In whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22. In whom you also are being built. Say we are being built. We are being built. We are being built. Are being built. Together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. So we, Christ is the builder. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4, 5, and possibly 6. 4, 5, and 6, it says that the stone which the builders rejected has become, uh, it, it was re rejected in need of by men, by chosen of God. Verse 5, verse five also as a living stone, uh, you also as living stones are being built up. What? A spiritual house. All right, so we are being built, and we are a spiritual house. And Bible says, watch this. It says that verse Hebrews chapter three, verse six. Hebrews three six. It says that, but Christ, but Christ, as a son over his own house. Who, and what is the house? 
whose house we are. Whose house we are. We are Christ's house. He said, I'll build my church. I'll build my church. We are the house of God. He is building us. Remember, I said, we are being built into a holy, uh, 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 a spiritual house. We are being built into a spiritual house. We are in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22. He said, we are being built up uh, 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 into a, a, the building grows. All right. Uh, we are being built together as a dwelling place of God. So we are, we are a building, building in, still in process. We are being built. We are being built into a house of God. I'm going off now. Let me. This. I, I need to do that. This is good. We are go to Ephesians, Hebrews chapter chapter three, verse six again. I'll show you something. What are we being built into? We are being built. Okay. So Christ, uh, 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 whose house we are. So we are, and we read earlier on that we are being built into a house. We are Christ's house. Am I right? We are Christ's house. And now, when you read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, it talks about how we are being built into a dwelling place together for a dwelling place of God, the same as the house of God. Did you see that? Yeah. We are being built as the house of God. And then in the, in the first Peter chapter 4, verse 5, it says, we as lively souls are being built into a spiritual house. First Peter chapter one, chapter two. I'm sorry, chapter two, verse five. I'm sorry. First Peter chapter two, verse five. Being built up a spiritual house. All right. So what are we? Whose house are we? Whose house are we? Whose house are we? Christ is the one who is building us into His house, but we are actually God's house, the house of God. Am I right? First Timothy chapter 3, I said earlier, verse 15, we are the house of God. Now, I want you to, this is why I said I was going off a little bit. It's not part of my notes, but someone needs to see that. In John chapter 14, verse 2, in verse 1, John chapter 14, verse 1, it says that, um, um, let not your heart be troubled. Have faith in God or believe in God. Believe also in me. Now, look at this. Look at the verse 2. Look at verse 2. Let's read it out. Let's read it out. Like, I like this one. Let's go. I have many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Let's read the first line again. One more time. Who are the house of God? And he said, in this house, there are many mansions. Now, the word translated mansions is actually dwelling place. It's not, because a, a mansion can't be in a house. Do you agree with me? A house and a mansion, which is bigger. A mansion. A mansion cannot, you can't say in the house there are many mansions. Not even if you say, no, no. There are many. In the house, there are many, it's like a hotel. In that hotel, over the no hotel over there, or, or whatever, that hotel, there are many rooms. So the conference we are going to, don't worry. We know we are, we are having 5,000 people coming. He says that, no, that hotel has many rooms. Jesus said, in my father's house are many abodes in the church. In my father's house, there are many dwelling places. God, you are a dwelling place of God. You are a dwelling place of God. I'm a dwelling place of God. I'm a dwelling. But he says that until I go, it cannot happen. What's God thinking? In my father's house, there are many mansions. In my father's house, in heaven. He didn't talk about 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 heaven. He didn't say, I'm going to prepare a place. When I finish, I'll come and take you. No, that's how we have read it. In my history, that's how we are made to think. Read it. First John, John chapter 14, verse 2. It says, in my father's house are many abodes. 
Who are the abodes? Okay, abodes. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Now watch this. Go to the next verse. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare the place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. <laughs> that where I am, you may, are we not with Christ? Yes. Now this is not talking about end times. He was going to the cross. Read that was, then they asked him, where are you going? Okay, go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. Let's see where, where, where this conversation is going. And, and where I go, you know. And the way you know. So I'm going, and then they say, ah. Thomas said, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. So he said, where I am going, I am where I'm going. <laughs> so he said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Where? In me. But it had to be through the cross. And then when he goes to the cross, resurrects, then we all become abode for Christ, and we are in him, and he's in us. Hey! Oh, go to the next verse. I've, I've gone up from him. Go to the next verse. Are you learning something? Look at the next verse. John, it says that, if, if, if you had known me, you would know my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Then he said, look at verse 8. Then Philip said, Lord, just show us the father. And it, all this thing you are saying, it's very common. Just show us the father. And it's, it's enough. It's sufficient. Look at what he said in verse 9. He said, and Jesus said, have I been with you also, so, with you so long? And yet you have not known me. Philip! Philip, you don't know me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? I am. He said, in my Father's house. Watch, in my Father's house, but I am the Father. Somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. So when he said, I am going, he had to lay down his life so that he can bring it up again so that we, that's why after the resurrection, we only, it, it only took the resurrection for us to be declared as children of God. Sons of God. Sons of God in Christ. And now, he said that I'm going. Wait, read, go, go read John 14. Read down. That's where he introduced the Holy Spirit. He said, if I do not go, the comforter will not come. It's your interest that I go. So friend, he started talking about the Holy Spirit to come. When he comes, now I'm with you, but he shall be in you. Now he's with you, but he shall be in you. So I have to go, then I'll come. He said, man, for a short while you shall not see me, and a little while you shall see me, because I'll be with you, but the world will not see me. Because now I'm no more in the flesh, but you will see me, because I'm in you. Whose house, let me finish this text. Whose house we are, then he throws in the big, your eyes are red. He throws in the big if. Say if. if. Say if. if. I, I said the first time, if, but it's if, okay? <laughs> F. So, Hebrews, okay, let's go. But Christ has a son over his own house, whose house we are. Then the if makes it conditional. That is a big theological situation he puts out there. I wanted to just quickly go because Hebrews chapter 3 and then from verse 7 to 11 is a whole quotation from Psalm. So you can just gloss about that quickly and explain and go on. But then I just couldn't go past this because he said, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of our home faith to the end. So if you don't hold fast to the end, you are actually not going to be his house. Is that what he's trying to say? So can you be a house now and then later on not be? That's, that's the major question brings. 
So are we God's sons now? And maybe, depending on, if we don't hold fast, we are no more God's sons. Like 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 2. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 2. It says that, by which also you are saved. If, oh, this if thing. <laughs> if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believe in vain. So it's like there is something you have to do now that you have believed. It looks like from the text, it sounds like now that you have believed, you have to keep believing today and other than that, you lose, you miss out. Now the truth here, I believe, the truth here is not talking about the fact that some people are saved now and later on are not saved. I believe what he's trying to say in this text that if we hold on, uh, put it back Hebrews chapter six, 3 verse 6, um, uh, if we hold fast, Hebrews has a few hold fasts. And the Bible has a few over. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23, talks about hold fast. Someone shall hold fast. Hold fast. Shall hold fast. hold fast. So we are enjoined to hold fast. In Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, that's even another interesting one. Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, it says, Behold, I come quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one takes away your crown. Ah. So is it talking about salvation? That you should hold fast? So now, when you look at this, text where it talks about if you hold fast, uh, Hebrews chapter 3, yeah, if you are, whose house we are, if we hold fast the, com the confidence and the rejoicing of, our, uh, of, uh, uh, of the hope firm to the end, what is he talking about here? By hold, if we hold fast, if, that thing, if, that, that word, if. What it means here, watch this, this is very important. What it means here is that if you are actually saved, and if you are actually a believer, you will endure to the end. So in 1 John chapter, um, chapter 2, verse 19, the reason why people don't hold fast and miss out is because originally they were not actually part. 1 John chapter 2, verse 19. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued. But you can't be a Christian saved and suddenly say no. Because what shows that you are saved? You will hold fast. Because in 1 Peter, Pastor, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, it says, it is God who does the keeping. We are kept by the power of God. Do you see that? He keeps us. We are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation ready to be revealed. The entire, so you, you, what you bring on the table is faith. We are kept. So when he says that if you hold fast, and there are a few scriptures like Matthew chapter 10 verse, I think 22. Matthew chapter 10 verse 22, which Jesus um, put it on the screen, please. Matthew chapter 10 verse 22, let me make sure I've got my text right. Verse 22 he said that, and you'll, be, and you'll be hated by all men for my sake, my name's sake, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. You can flip it and put it this way, but he who is saved will endure to the end. Am I, am I communicating something? Yes. This is very important to understand. There's a way God keeps you for salvation. Once you are saved, the genuinely saved, his word is in your heart. You can't go otherwise. Look at Luke chapter 8, verse 15. Luke 8, 15. But the ones that fell on the good grounds are those who, having heard the word, with, with a noble and a good heart, kept it and bear fruits with patience. So if the word is actually inside you, you will keep it and bear fruits. So those who didn't keep it and bear fruits, the word didn't really enter. Are you guys what I'm saying? Yeah. You will keep it and bear fruits. Those who have heard the word and then uh, they, they keep it and bear fruits. Jesus said in the book of 
John chapter 8, verse 31, it says that if, if you abide, you see, let's all read it together. Okay, is that okay? Let's read it. Let's go loud. If you abide in my word, you are my disciple. When are you disciples indeed? If you abide in my word. So if you don't abide in my word, you're actually not a disciple. You, are, you, are, you pose like one, but you're actually, the sign that shows that you're actually a disciple is the abiding in the word. It's possible you may not be a house, part of the house. God, he said, whose house we are, if we abide or if we continue, if we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of our hope to the end, firm to the end. Tell someone, I am part of the house. Am I communicating to somebody? It's very important. And in, 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 in John chapter 8, uh, no, sorry, sorry, John chapter 15, verse 4 to 6, he said, abide in me. Okay, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless you abide in me, uh, sorry, no, no, sorry, unless, verse 4, unless you abide in the vine, uh, cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Okay, you can't bear fruit of your so anything that looks like fruit is not fruit if you are not abiding in Christ. Wow. The next verse, verse five, verse five says that I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you cannot bear anything. Yeah. Verse six, look at verse six. If anyone does not abide in me, he's cast out as, See, a as a branch. Okay. And it's, and it's withered. So that withering is the abiding thing. If you are really part of the vine, you stay in the vine and you bear the fruits. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's finish on Hebrews chapter 3 verse 6. Holding firm, if you hold what? If you hold what? If you hold fast. Some of you are not reading. Because I said firm, you are also all saying firm. <laughs> it's on the screen. <laughs> All right, let's all read it from, from the top. But let's go. If you hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope, firm to the end. Say hope. What are you supposed to hold fast? What are we supposed to hold fast? The confidence and the rejoicing of the hope. Say the hope. Say the hope. Hold it firm to the end. Hold it firm to the end. He who endures to the end shall be saved. Hold it firm to the, hand, to the end. Hold the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope. Now, it begins to explain what that hope is. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, 18 and 19, it talks about what this hope is all about. Right. This hope is right hinged in Christ. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, it says that by two immutable things, which is possible, if it's impossible for God to lie, we might, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. Now, what's the hope? Look at verse 19. Which, uh, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters into the presence behind the veil. That's the hope. This hope. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He supposed to said, hold firm or hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of your hope. But first Peter chapter one says, Blessed be God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercies has begotten us again to a living hope. Through the resurrection. See the resurrection? Yeah. See what the resurrection did? Through the resurrection 
of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has born us again. We are born. That's what it means we're born again. We have been begotten. He has begotten us again. Born again. What don't you understand about born again? If you're a Christian, you are just born again. Because you didn't born yourself. God begat you again. Who has begotten us again? But God, guess what? We have been born again to a living, excuse me, to a living hope. To a living hope. To a living hope. That's why I said that whose house we are, if we hold the confidence and hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of our hope to the end. Because we have been born again to a living hope. 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 No Christian is hopeless. No Christian is hopeless. No Christian is hopeless. No Christian is hopeless. Why? Because we have been born again to a living hope. Shout hallelujah. Tell somebody I've been born again to a living hope. Oh, say it again. I've been born again to a living hope. And finally, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, it, it talks about how by grace we stand. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, having been justified, this one to any time I get, I can't go further, but I need to rush through it quickly. Therefore, having been, is there anyone here justified? Yeah. Is there anyone here justified? Yeah. How were you justified? By faith, okay? Having been justified, not by works, but by faith, we have peace. Oh, this is too good. We have, I don't have a problem with God. God is not upset with me. I can go to God at any time. You can mention the name of Jesus and I'm not scared. Some people, when you mention the name of Jesus, they don't like, hey, they don't want you to mention God. If you mention Christ, it's even worse. Their name alone brings conviction on sinners. Why do you think they fight? You want the Christmas, but you don't want the Christ. They love Christmas. They want the Christmas, but they don't want the Christ. So when the name of Christ comes, they, they, do you know why? It's not that they are bad people. Listen, you can be a thief. You can be a criminal. You can be a, 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 a you can be anything. We don't have a problem with you. God actually loves you. He wants to save you. He wants to save you. Come to him. He died on the cross because of you. Don't stay in your sins. But they fear because of their sins. Bible, Jesus said, light has come into the world. But because men's work are evil. John chapter 3, verse 17, 18, 19, somewhere there. Because men's works are evil, they prefer. Said, and this is the condemnation. That light has come into the world. And men love darkness rather than light. Why? Because they are this uh, evil. They this way evil. Because evil this they don't want peter peter when peter jesus made him catch fish i mean jewish businessman he would tell should have said jesus let's go into partnership let's go to be so that show me where to control the net when they caught the fish he said he knelt and said please depart from us depart from us we are evil depart when they saw that this is someone with god so much the human nature can't stand because there's of sin we can't stand the presence of god Romans chapter 5 verse 1, he said, now that we have been, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Shall I have peace with God? Peace with God. Oh man, look at verse 2 and I will end it in verse 2. I have peace with God through whom we also have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in what? In hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We rejoice in hope. 
Hallelujah. Whose house we are, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of our hope. Firm to the end. Christ in you. Did you receive something? Give the Lord a big, big, big clap and a shout of praise. Thank you for listening. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Why don't you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Caris Church and subscribe to our podcast so you are always up to date. Be blessed.